0: In this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about your Washington Capitals as they prepare to face the Lightning on Friday and Sunday. Who's going to be in this game? Later in the show, we will talk a little bit about Stephen Wino's book about emergency backup goalies. It's a fascinating story. Then we'll talk about TJ Oshie as he takes to the ice. When can we expect him to be back? We'll talk about all of that and a whole lot more next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Let's go. You're Locked On Capitals. Your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen or view of the day. Yes, this podcast is also available in video form. So head on over to YouTube and check it out. And when you're on YouTube, make sure and hit that subscribe button. And if you like the videos, give it a thumbs up. It really helps grow the channel. My name is Dan Holman. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Capitals hope to pick up. Uh, and get some good momentum going forward as they end up facing the Tampa Bay Lightning for two games in a row here. They will be playing them Friday and Sunday, and uh, it is going to be a formidable opponent. Make no mistake about it. It's not going to be an easy out, as they say. And uh, I know that the Lightning this year are not playing quite as well as they've been playing in previous years, but they have won quite a few Stanley Cups. So I think that, you know, they have that experience to draw from and uh, they will be facing a Capitals team that is desperate to win. We'll talk about that. Then later in the show, like I said, we'll talk about Stephen Wino's book. We'll talk about Oshie as he skates for the first time in quite some time. And then we'll talk about Alex Ovechkin and Connor Sheary and kind of the shenanigans uh, that took place in the last game against the Penguins. But just to get it going here. Uh, The Capitals do, in fact, face the Lightning, and they play them a Friday and Sunday, and they're hoping to pick up a win after struggling to find any momentum in the game against the Penguins. Uh, It was a game that they started, you know, with a good speed and good hustle. They had more shots on net uh, in the first part of the game than the Penguins did. And then they took their foot off the gas and they let the Penguins into the game. That's what happened. You know, I kind of don't want to rehash the whole game, but we know what happened. It's a story that's been told for quite some time on this team, not playing a complete game. They're going to have to be ready for the Lightning as that's a team that has a lot of firepower. They have a pedigree of winning year after year. Uh, So the Caps have got to be ready. The question now for me is who do they have start in net? We do know that Darcy Kemper was inconsistent, uh, to say the least, in the last game. He did allow in uh, a few soft goals, shall we say, uncharacteristic of Darcy Kemper, but he did allow in some soft goals. Nonetheless, are going to have to make some big decisions. If I was the coach, um, like I talked about in the last podcast, I would go with Charlie Lindgren, you know, I don't know if there's some issue with Darcy where he's kind of caught up in his own head right now, or, or whatever the case may be. They had a really solid performance from Charlie in the game against the Oilers. I would put him in the game on Friday, and if he plays well there, I would put him in the game on on Sunday as well. Because, you know, the Capitals, you know, like a lot of the other teams, they're, you know, they're not solidified. They're not sitting atop of their division and they want to make up uh, for lost games and work their way back up the standings. Um, Otherwise, you're kind of put in that tough spot towards the end of the season where you're desperate for a win and you're kind of just scrambling. Brian McClellan did go out and make some solid moves. He picked up Sonny Milano. He picked up at Nicholas Abe Kubel, two big pieces for this team. Most notably between the two of those, I would say so far, and I know that um, it hasn't been an accurate uh, sample size for Kubel, but for Sonny Milano, I like his eye on the on the puck. He drives well on, on towards the net. He's got a good eye for scoring. Uh, he was the one that got the assist on the goal, the only goal in the last game against the Penguins. He was behind the net and shot it to, to Marcus Johansson. So he is a good playmaker, and he has a good history, um, you know, playing with the Anaheim Ducks, where he played with Zegras. Um, they, he kind of lost his way a little bit. He was on a PTO with the flames and for whatever reason they didn't, uh, they didn't, uh, uh, pick him up. They didn't keep him on the team and the capitals ended up, uh, you know, they were in need. So they signed him and they brought him on. I believe he was on the waiver wire there. So just a really solid move by, uh, Brian McClellan, picking him up for $775,000. Um, and I think that, you know, that's some good bargain shopping uh, for Brian McClellan. And so far what I've seen thus far, a solid move. Uh, We hope to see some more uh, from Nicholas Abe Kubel, a guy that's what played on the Maple Leafs uh, the year before he played on the Stanley cup winning Colorado avalanche. So, He does have a good trajectory. Um, I just think that he didn't really find his way with that Maple Leafs team. Now he's on the Capitals. The Capitals are in desperate need of scoring uh, seasoned players. They've tried some of the rookies. They've tried Connor McMichael. They've tried Joe Snively in small sample sizes. People are always quick to point that out to me on Twitter and YouTube, and it's true. It has been small sample sizes, but for whatever reason, the guys that are in charge, the coaches and the GM. They like what they have in Milano and Kubel better. And, um, you know, you could see Connor McMichael inserted or Joe Snively. They might try to do something like that since the Caps ended up losing uh, the last game against the Penguins. I don't uh, see Sonny Milano uh, getting pulled out of the lineup. I think that he has uh, solidified his spot on this team playing a really solid uh, role in that second line. I think there's some great chemistry uh, with Strom and Marcus Johansson. So I wouldn't tinker with that too much. Same goes for the top line. I like uh, Ovechkin on the top line. With Kuznetsov and Sheary, I wouldn't mess with that. Um, and then, as far as you go down the list, there, uh, you know, the fourth line has always been stout. It has been a scoring line, uh, and that originated with Carl Hagelin originally. And then you had Dowd and Hathaway, and you know, those two together, Dowd and Hathaway, they have such great chemistry together. I wouldn't really mess with that too much, and I don't think that they will. Um, you know, you call them the fourth line, but it's the fourth line in name only. Um, you know, generally when you think of the the fourth line you think of, you know, maybe an AHL or, or, you know, kind of a, a grizzled old vet, but not the case for the Capitals. That is their check in grinding line. That is their scoring line. Uh, Doubt and Hathaway have had some pretty good production in the absence. They have tried to find that left wing on the fourth line. And, you know, for me, I thought they had it with Beck Malenstein and what happened is he kind of, uh, he dove in front of a puck and ended up breaking his finger, um, so now that that big piece that they had in there, he's going to miss some um, substantial time. So they've kind of been toying uh, with different uh, players on that fourth line left wing. Some people have said Connor McMichael on that fourth line left wing. Not for me. That's not where... Connor McMichael needs to be. He is intrinsically a center. That is is, um, his native position. You know, of course, if you go out there and you ask Connor McMichael, hey, if you want to play, you want to play at left wing, if that means you're going to get playing time, of course he's going to say yes, but that's not where he would be best served. Um, So, I think that, you know, he's got to kind of just bide his time, hope that, you know, one of these players falls off, uh, you know, again, like I talked about before, you know, odd man out, I would say Lars Eller would be a good guy to maybe bump uh, for Connor McMichael and put him in there and give him an opportunity at the center position, because he sure as heck aren't going to take out Kuznetsov or Strom um, at this point here, so It just doesn't uh, really make uh, a lot of sense. And there's not a lot of spots uh, left in the lineup for him to fit. And, you know, the tough thing is that, you know, a lot of these young guys that are getting their opportunity on this team, you know, the Capitals probably would have never signed Sonny Milano or Nicholas Abe Kubel um, if it had not been for the injuries that is facing this team. We'll talk a little bit. Later in the show about the myriad of injuries on this team. But um, you know, the Brian McClellan went out and signed these players on the cheap um just because they need them. You know, there isn't they don't have the needed depth in Hershey to plug those holes. And some people will say, Well, that's that's not true. They have Connor McMichael and Joe Snively and Henrik Slop here. Listen, it's not just me saying it. I'm a fan of the team at the end of the day. I'm just calling it as I see it. Brian McClellan obviously didn't have enough faith in um, those guys on the team that he went out and signed these other players. You know, that's part of the equation. The other part of the equation is, is those are the current injuries that we know about the long laundry list. There are st- probably still some potential injuries that await this team. I sure hope not, but you know how life is. Sometimes people get injured and uh, you got to kind of always plan for the unexpected. Um, but I do think that, you know, Brian McClellan and company, they they did the right thing. So my assessment, what the Capitals should do, Friday night as they take on the Tampa Bay lightning is I would put Charlie linger in a net. I would keep the top line the same way. I wouldn't make any real changes. The only person that um, I could see possibly come out at some point um, would be, you know, uh, uh, try Lars Eller put Connor Michael, uh, Connor McMichael in for Lars Eller. I don't know, you know, they need a win right now. I don't know if they want to go with an unproven person, but you know, if we do want to get Connor McMichael, some playing time, I think that that would be a good opportunity for, you know, for him to play there. Otherwise it's going to be someone like, um, like I said, Nicholas Abe Kubel would have to get scratched or something like that. There is not a lot of opportunities. So just going up and down the line there, you're going to pull Anthony Mantha out of there. I wouldn't do that. There's no, you know, Shiri. Um, Hathaway, Dowd. I'm not going to pull any of those guys out there in favor of Connor McMichael. So that's kind of what puts uh, McMichael in a tough spot uh, to find a spot on this team. Same goes for Joe Snively. So I would kind of leave the lines the same as they were. And I know people are going to say, are you crazy? It didn't get any success. I know, but they had success with that lineup playing against the Oilers. So I don't think that you can gauge it truly just based on one game. The only real change that I would make is I would go with Charlie Lindgren in net Friday Friday night and see how that goes. If he gets the win, I would go with him on Sunday too. You got to ride that hot hand. You got to kind of throw away that notion that uh, Darcy Kemper is my number one, so he must play number one minutes or number one games. You know, just just take that and throw it away. You got to go with the hot hand. You got to pick up wins. You got to stockpile wins uh, while you can. All right, so after the break here, we are going to talk, about kind of the silly game against the Penguins. There was some outtakes with Connor Sherry. There was some uh, shenanigans with Tarek El-Bashir uh, and Alex Ovechkin. Just some kind of crazy moments uh, for the Capitals. We'll talk about that after the break. Thank you for making Locked On Capitals your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports Today. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals where it's your team every day. In this episode, It is uh, a game. There's no game uh, that um, it's getting rehashed today. We'll be talking about that on Monday. So what I'm talking about in this episode so far, in the first segment, I was talking about the Capitals and who's going to be in the game. Second segment here, we're going to talk a little bit about the craziness that ensued during the Pittsburgh game, some of it with Tarek El-Bashir and uh, Alex Ovechkin, and then the mic'd up moment uh, with Connor Sheary it was kind of a crazy moment out there um, where um, Alex Ovechkin and Tarek El-Bashir, they kind of had this moment uh, where there was an interview, kind of, it was kind of like, it seemed like a setup interview where Tarek El-Bashir said, you know, I had this question that came directly from Sidney Crosby. And he said, you know, if we were going to play on a line together, who else would be on, uh, who would be the wing on the, on the same line as us? And uh, you know, Alex Ovechkin looked at him and he said, Sydney Crosby really said that, so kind of just a crazy moment there, a uh, little bit of hijinks there between Tarek El Bashir um, and uh, Alex Ovechkin. So you know, I, the, the, that is a funny concept uh, to think about to have Alex Ovechkin and Sidney Crosby on the same team together. I guess stranger things have happened, but nonetheless, I think kind of a funny question. The question, uh he said, are you sure he said that? Ovechkin asked Tarek El-Bashir, who re- relayed the question from Sid the Kid, when El-Bashir affirmed that Ovechkin thought on it for a second, then came with a golden response. He probably wants Mario Lemieux. I'll take Donald Brashar, he decided. Uh Ovechkin and Brashar played together in D.C. from 06 to 09 before Brashir um, uh, moved on to the New York Rangers. Brashear, who also wore number 87, weighed at six foot three, 237 pounds, and was a known enforcer and a force to be reckoned with. In 221 games with the Capitals, Brashear registered 10 goals and 15 assists, as well as 396 penalty minutes. Uh, that's per hockey fights. sheer. dropped the gloves 236 times at the NHL level, writes Washington Hockey Now. When it comes to why he'd take Brash, Ovechkin had a golden and simple explanation. We need some protections. You know, we need some freedom out there, Ovechkin smiled. So somebody going to touch us, you know, it's going to be fun. So, and that's kind of an interesting answer. And I think that, to a certain extent when this team is healthy that Alex Ovechkin has someone like that on his line right now in Tom Wilson, kind of that tough and imposing figure on this team, but still kind of a funny moment uh, for, uh, you could tell it was a loaded question. Um, uh, Tarek El-Bashir asked him and had a grin on his face and the look on Alex Ovechkin's face is like, you really asked that? So just kind of a, a silly moment out there. The other moment was Connor Sheary as he was miked up out there. And you know, the funny thing about Connor Sheary is that he's not the biggest man. Um, he is five foot nine. And not a real tough guy out there, I got to say. I mean, I don't know. I guess I've never seen him in a fight, but it's kind of funny uh, to hear someone like uh, Connor Sheary, who is definitely not a bigger guy. He said, Sit down, little boy. Five foot nine. Connor Sheary shouts from the Washington Capitals bench as one of many great chirps in his arsenal for Wednesday's rivalry showdown against the Penguins. Sheary, who won two Stanley Cups with the Penguins, was mic'd up as part of NHL on TNT's active tracks. And he delivered right from the get-go. On the opening draw, Sherry lined up alongside former teammate Jake Gensel, immediately starting with the young star, Jake and Bake, you want to go? He asked, chirping some more before asking if he wants to go again. The rest was pure gold. And, you know, it was complete uh, joking around. I don't think that there was ever going to be any scenario that uh, Connor Sherry would have dropped the gloves and fought him. But, you know, I think that sometimes these players kind of take advantage of these opportunities when they're miked up, and uh, it is fun. It's good to have fun when you watch a hockey game. It doesn't have to be all serious out there all the time. There was a little bit of everything from number 73, who has gone from a late 2020 signee to one of Washington's most versatile and vital players. He came up with some big blocks and plays in the defensive zone, writes Washington Hockey Now played on a couple of different line combinations and ended up picking up a couple of prime scoring chances along with a hit a takeaway in two blocks from another 1744. he also had a somewhat of a controversial hit on Philip Hollander. At one point Shiri let out a long uh from the bench to express his frustration, but by far his best moment though was the on eye shouts and encouragement from his teammates was watching the Capitals win the physical battle. Against Pittsburgh. Alex Ovechkin and company, despite the defeat, piled on the hits, delivering huge checks on the lines of Jason Zucker and Moore. At one point, Shiri shouted, A Sit down, little boy, from the bench to let one of the Penguin skaters know that he just got leveled. It's unclear who he was talking about. The shortest player on the Penguins is Josh Archibald who is a five foot 10. So, you know, it is it is kind of funny to, to listen to those guys uh, carry on out on the ice. And the funny thing is, And I've heard this from different people is you wouldn't want to hear what they're shouting at each other on the ice. You know, I've often heard people say, well, wouldn't it be interesting to hear what they're what they're yelling at each other and what they're all upset about? And they're like, you really don't want to hear. It's pretty awful stuff half the time. So uh, in these mic'd up moments, you know, that they're obviously probably toning back their normal uh, responses that they would have. But uh, some funny moments. Uh, for the Capitals, Connor Sheary, Alex Ovechkin, and Tarek Eldashir. right, so after the break here, we are going to talk about the long injury list on this Capitals. But if you ask a lot of the Capitals players, you know, they're still having a positive attitude. They're not dejected by the fact that there's all these injuries. And then later, we will also talk about Oshie as he takes uh, the skates on the ice for the first time in quite some time. We'll talk about that next. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. In this next segment here, we're going to talk about the injuries facing this team. And just how a lot of the Capitals players are making the most of it. A lot of grit and a lot of optimism, writes the athletic. Consider the eight player sideline against the Oilers listed by salary and descending order. Nick Backstrom, 9.2 million, John Carlson, 8 million, TJ Oshi, 5.75 million, Tom Wilson, 5.17, Dmitry Orloff, 5.1. Connor Brown 3.6, Carl Hagelin 2.75, and Beck Malenstein 762,500. In summary, that's four top six caliber forwards, two top pair defensemen, a penalty kill specialist, and an injury replacement, or more than 40 million in salaries. This year's salary cap ceiling is 82.5 million. So there's a lot of money tied up in these players that are not playing because of injury. Uh, So, you know, I don't want to make excuses. Peter Laviolette does not want to make excuses, but those are some big key pieces. Tom Wilson, his physical game, his goal scoring, Nick Backstrom dishing those passes, John Carlson and Dimitri Orloff, the great um, defense that they have out there, Uh, T.J. Oshie's hockey IQ, Beck Malenstein's big frame and his uh, uh, relishing the opportunity to fight big guys on this team that you simply can't say, well, you know, they're injuries, but we got to deal with it. And it really shouldn't factor in. Those are some key pieces on this team that are missing. So it's easy uh, to be dismissive and say your team should have the depth and they should find a way to rise above. But those are big pieces to be missing from this team. So I don't think that you can really be too dismissive of the fact that uh, they're missing that many big players to get a sense of how bad the caps have it right now. I logged into man games lost, which tracks injuries and the impact they have on teams. The website touts numerous NHL teams as clients, As of November 4th, Man Games Lost updates its numbers every Friday. The Caps were the league's fourth most injured team, with 66 Man Games lost. Only Montreal, Toronto, and Philadelphia had lost more, according to the statistics. At the end of the spectrum were the New York Islanders and Nashville. It should be noted that everyone tabulates Man Games a little differently, including clubs. For example, Man Games Lost counts Caps, Prospect Alex Alexiev, who has placed on the season opening injured reserve and is currently on a conditioning stint in the AHL Hershey, as we know that he got called up and was playing in the last game. Washington, however, does not include Alexiev in its total published in the team's game notes. Generally speaking, though, the most banged up teams are apparent and the Caps have been at or near the top all season so to say that you know these these guys are injured you know it shouldn't matter though we should find a way to win of course they should still find a way to win no one is doubting that Um, but you know it is tough when you are missing key pieces big pieces on your team you know Tom Wilson and Nick Backstrom and Oshie and Carlson and, and Orloff these guys are not a dime a dozen these are guys that helped Uh, For the most part, the Capitals win the Stanley Cup in 2018. They've been there the whole way. They're not plug and play. So, to, you know, it's kind of a PR thing to say, well, you know, we're missing all these guys, but it really shouldn't matter. We should still find a way to win. Of course, you want to find ways to win, but to be dismissive of the fact that it doesn't factor in is a bit short sighted. There is some great news, however, as uh, TJ Oshie did take uh, the ice. Um, The Washington Capitals got great news on the injury front on Wednesday as T.J. Oshie was skating prior to the morning skate on Wednesday, writes Washington Hockey Now. It is unclear if that means he's close to return or not, but he was in a red jersey and in non-contact sweater. In nine games this season, Oshie has two goals and three assists. He was hurt in the first period of the team's October 29th tilt with the Predators. He has missed five straight games and was placed on the IR. So. Just, uh, you know, unfortunate for T.G. Oshi, a guy that plays much bigger than he is, um, and subsequently, that is why he gets injured uh, from time to time. All right, to just close out this segment, there was this interesting piece on another podcast that I had heard talking about uh, Stephen Wino's new book out about emergency goalies. Um, if you're familiar with uh, the different um, phenomenon around the league, is that if you have your number one and number two goalie and say both of them get injured in the game, then there is a guy that you have to have on a list. Um that is going to get drawn into the game i've seen and everywhere from between zamboni drivers to to guys that are accountants and it you know the thing that steven wino talked about the interesting thing in the national hockey league that you see in, in the hot national hockey league different than any other major sporting league uh, out there is you would never see an NFL game where there was the number one quarterback and the number two quarterback. And if he got injured, well, heck, they're going to pull a guy out of the stands and they're going to have him be the quarterback of the football team. It just would not happen. So the uh, the NHL is kind of um, behind in the time, shall we say about not having like a number three uh, guy that is in place in in the event that the number one and number two guy get injured. And he talked about that, you know, the for the, the very first time it was put into effect was when uh, Luongo got injured in um, Florida and his backup got injured as well. And then there was this conversation going on between him and Gary Bettman saying, well, what are we going to do? We don't have a goalie. You know, and uh, ter- or uh, um, Stephen Wino said that it felt like it was an hour that took place, but it was more like 20 minutes and uh, they had to scrap someone together and put him in the game. But after that, the National Hockey League made it that you had to have a guy uh, that was that was ready to suit up. He wasn't an NHL player, per se. It was, you know, a guy, maybe it was a coach, you know, the goalie coach, or maybe, you know, it was the Zamboni driver or an accountant, whatever the case may be. But, you know, it is kind of Stephen Wino's contention and my contention as well that they should have someone that's a number three on the team that doesn't count against the salary cap uh, in the event that someone gets injured. Um, you know, someone that is um, a notable goalie who, you know, is NHL worthy of playing because to be the biggest hockey league in the world and to have a Zamboni driver in that is ridiculous to me. And uh, it kind of is ridiculous um, in the eyes of, I think, all major sports that there's any scenario out there where you can be Joe Schmo one minute and being thrust into an NHL game. I remember watching the Capitals up in Winnipeg, and they were in a position uh, where they had to have um, a backup goalie ready because uh, there was a concern that uh, their number one and number two goalie weren't going to be good to go. And I remember being up there and watching the game with my wife, and I was like, "Who the heck is in net for the Capitals right now?" Um, and then I heard the story after the fact that um, there was some concern if both the number one and number two goalie at that time, I believe it was Holtby and Grubauer, if memory serves. Um, If they were going to be good to go. Um, And, you know, it was a great moment after the fact when they talked to the guy and uh, he said, you know, it was a special moment where I took some shots against Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom and that kind of thing. So, you know, it is a great fodder. It's great stories for these guys. And it's kind of, you know, one of those um Kind of funny moments when you watch, you know, like Sports Center or something, you know, like a crazy moment at this hockey game as the accountant during the day got thrust into action and was put in net for the Chicago Blackhawks or whatever the case may be. Um, the last one that I remember was on the Carolina Hurricanes but uh, just some funny moments. It's a good book. If you uh, have the opportunity to check it out, like you talked about, you can kind of page from story to story. It's not like a book that you have to read from front to back. I got a chance to page through it a little bit. I, I thought it was a, a good book. I didn't get a chance to read much of it, but I ended up reading some excerpts from it and I thought it, uh, it, w- it would be a good read. So if you like uh, the NHL and you like some kind of crazy stories about like how, You know, your Joe average guy can be sitting on a bench one minute, you know, not any uh, NHL caliber goalie. And then the next second, just thrust into action. Uh, Check it out. It is um, it is an interesting read and kind of interesting um, if you are um, an NHL fan in general. All right, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, where it's your team every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So let's hope for a big win Friday night against the Lightning. I think they can do it. I think they just kind of lost their way a little bit against the Penguins. And then let's hope they can pick up another big win on Sunday. Um, I think that's going to set the team in the right direction. And you can kind of see which path they're going to take as far as which players are on the ice going forward. All right, once again, thank you for joining me on this edition. And I'll talk to you again next time.